Live from the Old Church Concert Hall in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. I've spent my life feeling broken and unlovable. My father was one of those big men in the community. A lot of people loved him, some people hated him, but he was respected until he came home. And at home, it was a really different story. Behind closed doors, he was an alcoholic, and he was terribly emotionally and verbally abusive to me and my mom. He was also sexually inappropriate with me. Those words probably bring up some particular images for you. In my case, it was a little bit different. He didn't actually touch me most of the time. He used words. He spoke to me sexually about my body. He spoke to me sexually about my mother's body. He spoke to me about the sex he and, his mo and my mother were having or not having. He spoke to other women sexually in front of me. And then there was that one night when I was about 11 when he came into my bedroom and he pushed me down on the bed and he rolled around on top of me trying to kiss me and feel my body through my nightgown and thank God he was too drunk to get his hands under it. But while my father was being sexual with me, he was also telling me that no one would ever be attracted to me, that no one would ever love me. He told me that there's one phrase that just went in and planted itself. It was, people won't be attracted to you because nobody likes a girl who doesn't have pretty legs. I went through my life feeling like a second-class citizen because <laughs> genetic lottery, I didn't get pretty legs. <laughs> and I believed him. I believed every word he said. And I began this mantra in my head, fat and ugly, fat and ugly, fat and ugly. My father died in 2000, and suddenly I can be whoever I want to be, right? Like I can take my life back, I can do whatever I want to do, I can be this new person, except I had no friggin' idea who I was. All I knew was what he had told me. As a coping mechanism, as a child, what I learned to do was to be a very good girl. My good girl got A's in all of her school subjects. She completed every task that was given to her as perfectly as possible because maybe if I didn't cause any commotion 
I wouldn't get any further onto his radar. And all of that was fine as a child. But here I was in my mid-twenties, and this good girl was making some decisions for me that were no longer really useful. She fully believed that no one was going to ever love me or be attracted to me, so she was willing to take any offer that came her way. And I got involved in some fairly unhealthy relationships. And any time a person of real value showed up and seemed to be interested in me, she rejected them because obviously they were either crazy or stupid. Fast forward to this last Christmas. I have this buddy who lives out of town. I'm living on the East Coast at this point. And um, so he comes, he comes into New Hampshire periodically to visit his family. And um, he came over, we spent some time hanging out. We had figured out right at the beginning, the first time we met, that you know, we were great buddies, but there was nothing there between us romantically. But we had this sort of easy affection with each other. You know, we could pal around and put our arms around each other. We could even cuddle on the couch when you know, we were watching movies and it was all just totally easy. And uh, I don't know what it was about this one night Maybe it was that it had been several years since I had last had sex. <laughs> but something in my mind <laughs> went ding. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, you know, if you asked me to have sex tonight, I would say yes. <laughs> and I looked around and I thought, who the hell said that? <laughs> And to my surprise, he didn't laugh at me. He didn't ridicule me. He didn't even seem that surprised. <laughs> he looked at me and he said, you know, I was thinking on my way over here, wondering if we should do that. <laughs> um, but I just got out of this relationship and I'm a little messed up right now and I don't think that's a good idea. At least I think that's what he said because my mind stopped dead at yeah, I was thinking about that on my way over here. What? In my head, people don't think of me that way. Nobody looks at me and sees somebody who they would be interested in doing that with. So we, you know, we spent several hours together, but this whole time, I'm not actually, like, we're talking, but I have no idea what we're saying. I am not listening, because in my head is this, what? What? And I finally turn to him and I say, I need to ask you a question. But I can't do it when we're sitting here looking at each other. So how would you feel about, and this is not a proposition, but how would you feel about going in the bedroom and laying down on the bed so that I can be next to you, but I don't have to look at you? And he, being a very good man, said yes. And so we go, 
and we're laying there, and I don't have to look at him, and I say, can you please explain to me what you meant? Because people don't think of me that way, and I'm very confused, and I'm pretty sure you didn't mean what I thought you meant. So please just talk me through it. And he said, are you crazy? Of course I think of you that way. And he had his hand sort of resting on my leg and he started moving it up to my hip and he said, look at these hips. And he around the back and sort of touched my butt. And, look at this butt. And look at the way that your waist curves in and look at these boobs. <laughs> You've got great boobs. <laughs> It was a pretty revolutionary evening. <laughs> it was a few months after that that I decided to go on this year-long road trip. And I called it my freedom tour. And I had a lot of people asking me, freedom from what? And I had to think about it for a while. And I realized, oh, it's not actually freedom from anything, it's freedom to. It's freedom to explore, it's freedom to experience, it's freedom to finally figure out who the fuck I am. <laughs> what I did not realize was that this was going to be a freedom tour to explore sexuality, to explore myself as a sexual being. And truth be told, if I had known that, I probably never would have left home. <laughs> I'd probably still be sitting on my bed in New Hampshire. <laughs> my first stop, or one of my first stops, was in New York City. And you can find anything in New York City. And I had heard of this thing called tantric massage. Probably a lot of you being Portlanders have heard of it. It was brand new to me. For those of you who don't know what it is, it's a massage that is dealing with sexual energy. And yes, she had her hands all up in my business. <laughs> the best part of it was after the massage, we sat and talked. And it's pretty remarkable to be able to have a conversation with somebody who actually is familiar with what the female sexual response is, but doesn't have any investment in your particular, I mean, we have these conversations maybe with our partners, but our partners are really invested in what our sexual response is because it is somehow a marker of how good they are. So I'm sitting there with this woman, and she says to me, you're good. She says, I have seen hundreds, I've seen thousands of women, and you are totally normal. She said, all the right stuff happens at the right time. <laughs> she was a little more explicit than that, but... <laughs> She looked at me and she said, you are not broken. <laughs> and I realize 
I'm not broken. I am breaking free. Thank you.